Hello, nurse. Welcome to Mouthful. I'm Lori Lynn Barker. Mouthful is a podcast about food, culture, and the makers in the world. Mouthful is sponsored by CCF Documentation. Let CCF develop your e-learning or instructional video training. From training assessment to course creation and LMS administration, CCF is your one-stop training resource. Check them out at ccfdocumentation.com. Animaniacs was an animated series that debuted on September 13, 1993, and ended in 1998. It was produced by Steven Spielberg. The premise was the Warner Brothers siblings live in a water tower on the Warner Brothers lot. There was Yakko, Wacko, and Sister Dot. They would escape, and then fun would ensue. There was also other characters and shows within the shows. It was basically an animated variety series. If you haven't seen it, I suggest you get familiar with it. There are 99 episodes for you to watch before the new episodes come to Hulu in 2020. Why do I bring this up? Today's guest on Mouthful is Rob Paulson, none other than the voice of Yakko Warner, Pinky, several of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, and many more, as you will find out. Rob, most people have heard you but aren't familiar with the name. Rob, tell me exactly who you are. My name is Rob Paulson, and I make my living doing essentially what got me in trouble in seventh grade, which is doing cartoon voices. Only now I do them for money instead of uh, to get a rise out of my friends. And so I um, am one of those incredibly fortunate folks who uh, who gets to go to work every day and don't tell anyone, but I get paid to do what I would essentially do for free. So that's what I do. What are you most famous for? Um, well, hopefully the next one, because it means I'm working. But <laughs> up to this point, um, a couple of Ninja Turtles. I was Raphael, and a lot of your listeners were kids on the original iteration of Ninja Turtles. And then, and I won't hold that later, against you, because oh, Raphael's you. not the, my favorite. Michelangelo not, is. Uh, well, I understand. He's the party <laughs> dude, and that says a lot about you, which is cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, uh, I was Raphael in that version. And then 25 years later, because fortunately no one cares what I look like, I got to be Donatello on the, the 2012 version of Nickelodeon. So, uh, you're talking to 50% of the Ninja Turtles from, uh, <laughs> emanating from one middle-aged guy originally from Detroit. And then, um, I was Yakko Warner and Animaniacs and, uh, Dr. Scratch and Sniff on the same show. And, uh, and then I did a spin-off of that show called Pinky and the Brain, in which I was uh, the former. Um, some people say the stupid one, but I'd like to think that the genius. Um, oh, gosh, uh, I was Arthur on the tick. And, uh, gosh, I was, um, uh, goodness gracious. Oh, I, I had a little guy named Carl Weezer on Jimmy Neutron, Boy Genius, and all sorts of stuff in between. And, um, and I'm still at it. Thank God. How did you get into it? Did you was it just practice, practice, practice? Were you the kid making all the weird voices, the teenager making all the weird voices, the adult making all the weird voices? How did you? Was um, it just you just kept at it? Yeah, the the the, the pat answer is yes to all of the above. Uh, I, when I was a kid, it was for the noblest of reasons. I think the same reason that people get into music or radio. 
uh, or anything else is that it makes your soul happy. It, it, I just enjoyed the almost chemical component of what humor and music and sometimes them together uh, did to me and, and, and others. Um, I was a big fan, am a big fan of the Pythons, the Goons. Uh, Peter Sellers is one of my heroes. Uh, Jonathan Winters, Carol Burnett, Lucille Ball, Red Skelton, all the usual suspects from when I was younger. And, uh, uh, and of course, cartoons, Mel Blanc, Dawes Butler, June Foray, Gene Vanderpile, the Flintstones, Johnny Quest, uh, Looney Tunes, all that <clears throat> uh, had uh, a big part in, I think, shaping the humor of millions of people. It maybe just stuck a little deeper with me and, and people who do what I do, but it was uh, an utterly organic thing. Uh, I came to L.A. 40, 40 years ago to apply uh, my trade doing on camera. I was a singer first who became an actor, so I came out here to do music and singing and acting and all that, and I was. I was doing live action stuff pretty regularly, but one, things you, one of the things you find out pretty quickly as a young actor in Hollywood uh, is that there are a zillion average-looking Caucasian kids from Flint, Michigan, uh, who want to be in the moving picture business. And I was getting my share of work. But then the opportunity came to read for animated uh, parts. And man, I jumped at it because I just wanted to work. But it didn't take long for me to think this is really cool because just like when I was a boy, I am limited only by my imagination, not at all limited by whether or not I fit the suit. And that is a huge thing for an actor, especially a non-celebrity talent. And um, I'm working as much now, 40 years later, as I did when I was doing, you know, six or seven shows a week uh, because I'm better at it now. I'm, I, I have a, a larger resume and animation has done nothing but explode. So it's a really cool thing. And I'm very grateful that I went, liter- went sort of went down the literal rabbit hole, as it were. And you can wear your pajamas to work. I can, yes, and I, uh, and especially if I sleep in my jeans, then those could be my pajamas, and probably there's been more than one night that I've done just that. But, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, man. The people with whom I work, as you can imagine, are profoundly talented, but also I think because it's not about the way we look, um, they are the most kind, uh, sweet, utterly devoid of pretense people you will ever meet in your life. They all will talk to you about their gig. They'll do their stuff for you. It'll make you laugh and cry. And it's just remarkable to be able to work with people who are your personal friends and are also responsible for so much joy for probably hundreds of millions of people when you throw in the Simpsons and Winnie the Pooh and Tigger and Turtles and all that stuff. It's a lot of talented people doing this. Well, you look at the popularity of animation. You look at yeah. the Simpton- Simpsons. You look at sure. uh, Family, Family Guy. Guy. You look right. right now on Netflix, Disenchantment. I don't know if you've caught yep. that. Should catch it. It's I very have. good. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, thank you. In fact, my friend Maurice Lamarche, my friend the Brain, is on that show, and John DiMaggio, who's Bender on Futurama, and Billy West, who is Fry on Futurama, but all very close friends, and they're all part of Matt Groening's group on Futurama. I'm sorry, on uh, Disenchantment and and Futurama and all of that. And uh, Nancy Cartwright, Dan Castellaneta, I've known those people for 35 years. We've worked on all kinds of stuff. And they are bona fide rock stars, and they absolutely should be. It is a great show. 
we were talking earlier off the air that you don't really get tired of people coming up and gushing or fanning over you because of you being Yakko and the song Yakko's World. Never. Oh, my goodness. The problem, honestly, Lori, is when people stop asking. That's when you know you've pretty much had your run. And, oh, my goodness, I... Honestly, I I really won the lottery. I'm getting a chance to talk to you and your lovely audience. And I guarantee you there's somebody watching right now who's going, oh, my God, that guy sounds like Yakko. Well, guess what? It is. Hey, me, it is Lady in the Forester. Hi, how you doing? It's Yakko Warner. And there's the, you know, the car swerving down the freeway because it just makes people happy. And once they find out who I am. And they'll say, do you still know the words to, and I'll say, you mean United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru. It's fantastic. And I cannot get enough of it because it makes both parties happy. And I would argue that it probably makes me a little bit happier because I know that uh, there's uh, this little exchange has nothing to do with money or ratings or action figures. It is just a pure expression of joy. And I... Man, the the day that I get tired of it, I think is probably the day that I need to punch my ticket because it's a, I asked for this and I'm very grateful to be in a position to receive it. Well, my niece did backflips when she found out I was Uh-oh. going to talk to you today and she does have a question for you. And the question is, sure. how long did it take you to learn that song? And after that, how long did it take you to update it? Wow. Well, first of all, we need to make it clear that I didn't write that song. And I think as we discussed a bit earlier uh, off air, Mm -hmm. um, is uh, uh, Randy Rogel is the gentleman who wrote that and and many of the other songs that folks like the States and the Capitals and the Presidents and I'm Cute and I'm Mad and all these other wonderful things came from the genius mind. And in this case, it's absolutely appropriate of Randy Rogel. I, in terms of how long it took me to learn it, I honestly don't recall because I've been singing it for so long. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you, we did do it in one take. Uh, we recorded it in one take. Mind you, I had the music in front of me and I read music, so it's not that big a deal. Um, but also, the song is crafted in such a way that if you watch it, watch the cartoon, which by the way, I don't think it's, I probably suggest that it is by now an iconic little piece of animation. Not unlike, uh, you know, hello, my baby, hello, my honey, and it, you know, it's with the frog. You know, those are really great pieces of, of cartoondom. And um, I think Yakko's World is right up there. But uh, that song is crafted so beautifully because it's in four separate sections. So that Yakko's talking about North and South America, and then he goes to Europe, then he goes to Southeast Asia, then he goes to sort of uh, uh, Central Asia. And it's really, really smart. Just imagine how many children and adults have learned their countries yeah. from that song. I know. It's crazy. But moreover, Randy, who, you know, he and I do our, our Animaniacs in Concert show all around the country now, um, still is writing stuff at a high level for everybody, for Disney, for uh, uh, Pixar. I mean, the guy's writing stuff that's just mind-blowing. And some of it ends up in our show because we do new pieces, too, one of which is uh, a new lyric to Yakko's World in which Randy enumerates a number of the new countries that have shown up, if for no other reason to show that he can do it. So um, have you got an extra 45 seconds? I can do this for you real quick. You sure. want to hear it? Mm-hmm. It goes like this. It goes, <clears throat> Montenegro and Bosnia-Herzegovina, the Soviet Union is gone. 
South Africa, Georgia, Moldova, Latvia, Belarus, Azerbaijan, Uzbekistan, hey, Kazakhstan, hey, then there's Tajikistan too. Turkmenistan, hey, Kurdistan, hey, Armenia, Tongo, Palu, Lithuania, Serbia, Kosovo, U.S., Samoa, the Balkans, Brunei, Macau, and Crimea, then Eritrea, Ukraine, and Estonia, here's Macedonia, New Caledonia, Eastern Slavonia, Ivory Coast, and Cape Verde, Andorra, the Solomon Islands, Dubai. How about that? Very and nice. Isn't that something? That's and awesome. We tag, we tag that on to the original one, and the audience goes nuts, and we just love it. Um, and so... Uh, yeah, the cool thing is that we did do it in one take. We actually recorded two, but the one that everybody's grown up listening to is the first one. And um, that is a testament to Randy's uh, incredible songwriting skills. And by the way, for those of you out there who are songwriters, check this out. Randy uh, was writing on Batman, the animated series, and already won an Emmy for his prodigious skills. And because he's got a musical background, he was banging on the door to say, yeah, 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 okay, I love Batman, but, you know, I'm really all about musical comedy. And Mr. Spielberg and Tom Ruger and the folks creating Animaniacs were hard at work. And he said, I really want to be involved in a, in a musical variety show. And they said, look, man, you just want an Emmy. Keep writing Batman. So finally, they let him audition. And, Laurie, his audition piece to get that job was Yakko's World. So he had that in his back pocket. Wow. It's a pretty remarkable skill. This is Mouthful, and I'm Lori Lynn Barker. I'm talking with Rob Paulson, voiceover actor and host of Talking Tunes. His most notable character is Yakko Warner from Animaniacs. The characters on Animaniacs had catchphrases, with some of them having more than one. The most notable catchphrase from Yakko was, Good night, everybody! It usually followed adult humor, and Animaniacs was full of adult humor. The most prominent catchphrase that was said by all three Warners was, Hello, nurse. It was said that, Hello, nurse, was intended to be a catchphrase much like Bugs Bunny, What's up, Doc? Before the theme song for each Pinky and the Brain segment, Pinky would ask, Gee, Brain, what are we going to do tonight? To which Brain would reply, The same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. During these episodes, Brain often asked Pinky, Pinky, are you pondering what I'm pondering? And Pinky would reply with silly answers that changed every episode. Okay, lady, I love you, bye-bye, happens to be my favorite catchphrase. It was often said by Mindy to her mother on Buttons and Mindy. Now back to Rob Paulson. What kind of charity work do you do in association with Animaniacs or things that have happened in your life? Well... Thank you, A, for asking, but um, I have been, uh, oh gosh, I don't even know how to say it appropriately. I have been the incredibly grateful beneficiary of so much love and so many incredible examples of courage, profiles and courage, to coin a phrase, uh, as a result of this work, particularly starting with Ninja Turtles. Um, when uh, Turtles really hit in the early 90s, I started understanding, um, having my own child who was a little boy at that time, the extent to which these characters really mattered. And obviously, as a former boy, I remember how deeply affected I was, um, you know, my, my funny bone was. But moreover, I got to really be involved with a lot of children uh, who were really struggling with um, different uh, diabolical illnesses and, and things that kids just should not mess with. Um, and many of the children have since passed away and they're and they're 
parents keep in touch with me because Raphael called them on the phone and not just me. We all do it. Uh, um, and, and so to, to learn what that was about made me, I think, a much better, certainly a more tolerant parent. Uh, I, I learned very quickly that it's not a big deal if your kid spills ice cream on your fancy, fancy couch. Your kid is not in the hospital with tubes coming out of them. And I visited and spoke with hundreds who, who did. Um, and that, of course, continued with all these great shows on which I, I got to be a, a part. And let's make it clear. I don't draw them and I don't write them, man. I'm just an actor and a singer. But, um, you know, there's something about the voice that really grabs hold of folks' hearts and hits them right in the nostalgia bone. And so uh, <clears throat> cut to my own circumstance. I had my own little time in the cage a couple of years ago. Where I was diagnosed with stage three throat cancer, which is a bit of a left-hander for somebody who does what I do not a smoker. It's just, as they say, stuff happens. And I got to tell you, the incredible examples I had of courage uh, through these children and their parents really prepared me for my own uh, uh, journey, my own journey. Yeah. And my own, you know, here you go, buddy. How are you doing now, Mr. Happy? Can you still really, you know, keep this going? Turns out I could. And I, I credit it absolutely to what I was fortunate enough to see. Um, the other thing, and I'm fine, um, it was very difficult. The treatment, for obvious reasons, is quite onerous. But I'm going to die someday, not from throat cancer, and I, I guarantee you that a lot of my ability to deal with it and my family, who were wonderful, uh, but a lot of that came with uh, these examples that I had um, as a result of something I was paid very well to do. So I, I, I get I get it. And now I have a sense of empathy so that, that I can use. And to the extent that I have any celebrity, quote unquote, or I've garnered any celebrity and folks like you who are nice enough to talk to me about it, you never know when I'm going to be able to meet or somebody can hear and say, well, here's a guy who makes his living with his throat and he got through this. Maybe I can handle it. And so if that is the upshot of it, I'm, I'm all over it. Uh, but one of the other things that I've really noticed a lot in doing live uh, appearances, <clears throat> personal appearances, is uh, the extent to which folks on the autism spectrum are really affected in the most positive way by cartoon characters or video game characters. And I meet people all the time, every single event I attend. I will meet someone. It'll happen every time we're in Colorado. It already has. Folks will bring their beautiful, sweet kids uh, to meet Yakko or Pinky or Bart Simpson or, you know, Winnie the Pooh or Tigger, whomever it is that's at these events. And sometimes these children are utterly uh, um, nonverbal, but something about Yakko or Raphael or Carl Weezer or Donatello will be the shiny object and they respond. And then I'm in the position to see what it's, what it's like to be on the receiving end of that and their parents are standing off to the side in tears because their 27 year old sweet child with incredible gifts but also to be sure significant challenges for that five minutes is utterly engaged in something a bit about which they know everything and i'm telling you man it's mind-blowing laurie to, to see it and and it i never knew this uh and so please bring it on. I, it, it adds a dimension to the work that we do that that we never, 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 never would have known. Never. 
Don't you just feel smarter when you're listening to this? I know I do. The free stuff on this site is really, really good. But you'll also love the stuff that comes with your premium membership. Just $4.99 a month because we want it to be accessible to everyone. And let's face it, we spend way more than that on a coffee. And it hardly helps you have a fabulous life like we do. Join today at ladieschitchatclub.com. That's ladieschitchatclub.com. We're going to make your life better. So we'd really appreciate the help. Oh, and there are no commercial breaks. Let's get back to what we were doing now. Um, And it turns out that there is some good and says there's some altruism that's done that has nothing to do with money or ratings or action figures. It is a pure expression of gratitude or joy or love or, or learning or whatever from folks who in circumstances that you and I take for granted would be challenged. But in other circumstances, they have profound gifts. And often these characters enable them to find their gifts and they turn out to be really wonderful artists or technical folks or it's something that they never would have known. It's, oh my God, I, I, I can't get enough of it. So um, you're talking to a lottery winner, kiddo. I'd like to talk about your podcast now. Please. I, I, I snuck on the internet today and, and watched your Talking Tunes, which is available on the Nerdist, correct? Yes, thank you. It actually is, uh, yeah, Nerdist.com or they can go to ProjectAlpha.com because it's a it's a collaboration collaboration between Nerdist and Geek and Sundry under the this is also um, you know cross pollination um, uh, legendary pictures which is a big uh, studio out here in LA uh, has a digital media wing and so yeah we appear under that and so you can go to nerdist.com and check out um, talking tunes and I do a, essentially a live action chat show with people who do what I do and and uh, I just watched damn cool. I just watched the Game of Thrones Oh, thank you. That was with, um, was that the one with Cree Summer? Yes. Yes. Isn't she something? Oh, my gosh. I laughed right? and I laughed and I'm calling people thank over. You, you got to watch this. You know? Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. And for those of you who don't know, Cree, um, the show that was the precursor to Animaniacs was called um, Tiny Toon Adventures. And um, that was also Mr. Spielberg and Tom Ruger and that great crew over at, Nor- at Warner Brothers. But Cree played a character called Elmira. And um, she just has gone under so much other stuff, uh, it, um, Rugrats and Drawn Together and, oh, my God, and just an incredibly wonderful singer. But uh, she's a piece of work yes. in the most wonderful sense. It's awesome. And so thank you. Yeah, thank you very much. What kind of advice do you have for people who want to start their own podcast or get in the business that you are in? I think uh, in terms of podcasting, and, and you know this because you're um, not only a, a talented radio personality and podcast personality, but you know the technical aspects of things. I am not a tech geek. Uh, A few years ago when I was um, starting to be a a guest on podcasts before they became so ubiquitous, I I thought to myself, literally one day looking at my cell phone going, well, it's kind of slow right now. Hey, you know what? Everybody who's ever done a really groovy cartoon voice since the mid-80s is on my cell phone. Mark Hamill is the Joker, Kevin Conroy is Batman, and Nancy Cartwright is Bard, and Dan Castellaneta is Homer, and Tress McNeil is the crazy cat lady, and Babs Bunny, and Dot Warner. All these people are on my phone. I wonder if maybe I can do a podcast. Well, it turns out you don't have to be an MIT grad, technically, to be a you know a, to to figure it out. And um, so the, the cool thing is, as far as being a podcaster, you can literally do it with your phone. You don't even need a fancy schmancy microphone. Um, I I think the trick is finding something that's interesting. And in my case, it was something that 
I not only did for a living, but I was truly a fan of, and that is just terrific actors and singers who happen to be in animation. And my timing was pretty good. Uh, but man, I, I know there are all sorts of podcasts out there where people literally have very specific uh, um, subject matter. They only discuss Game of Thrones or they only discuss The Walking Dead or they only discuss um, specific songs. You know, we're a Steely Dan podcast <laughs> and and uh, and good for them because they found a really niche. Yeah, they found a niche, and you can get it out there. You can get it on iTunes. You can get it on on uh, all sorts of different platforms. It costs nothing to put your stuff on YouTube. Uh, the the uh, the technology to do it is very affordable, uh, and it really is about following your muse and following your Jones. Um, you know, we were talking about rock and roll and punk rock, and and man, I'm a Detroit rock and roller to the bone. For me, it's not. It's about Motown. It's about Alice Cooper. It's about Grand Funk Railroad. It's about Bob Seger. You know all that stuff. And by extension, all the Zeppelin and the Who and Jethro Tull and Genesis and Yes and Emerson Lake and Palmer and all that. And you can find podcasts that are germane to all of that stuff. Um, and it's because it's the best time. These are the good old days in terms of being creative. It is never has there. Has there been a time in my lifetime, and I'll be straight up, I'm 62 years old, there's never been a time in my life where people who are inspired to be creative have had more platforms from which to launch their genius on the world. You know, Tumblr or Spotify or whatever, man, you can get your stuff out there. Nobody's selling CDs anymore. They're selling downloads. And it doesn't have to be um, Maroon Five. It can be Lori and Rob and their and their you know their, their garbage band, their garage band, and we can get our stuff out there. So there really is no excuse for for not for, for not having a way to get your stuff out there. Whether it makes you money, that's a different circumstance. But I promise you that the same excitement that people will see when they come to see Randy and me doing our show. Um, is the same excitement that Randy and I and millions of other, yourself included, had when we were little kids and wanted to have our own radio show or have our own rock and roll show or put on a play or whatever. That same Jones to perform is, the, is exactly uh, the, the remuneration comes to my soul. It, 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 that's how it starts. It's not about the money. When I put the money first, it doesn't work for me. Everything that I've ever done that has earned me money has been first as a result of something that I did because I could do it. And because, moreover, more importantly, because I couldn't not do it. It's that big a drive. And there are people listening to us right now who say, oh, my God, I totally get that. I'm a sculptor, not because it's what pays my bills, it's because I can't not do it. Correct. And that's, that's the reason to do this stuff. Sometimes it creates money, sometimes it doesn't. But that really isn't the reason to move forward. Um, and so the other side of the coin um, from podcasting in terms of being an actor, voice actor, is it's small v, large a. It's about acting. The reason that we all love Mel Blanc or June Foray or Nancy Cartwright or Maurice LaMarche or Billy West or Tress McNeil or Frank Welker or Peter Cullen, the reason we love all these voice actors is because they're really terrific actors 
And they breathe life into these beautiful renderings, and it works. And it is magical, but it's not mystical. You know, it, it, it's, it's pretty much a, a clear, like, Phil Lamar, who played Hermes on uh, Futurama, and God knows, just, you know, Google him, it'll blow your mind. But I've interviewed Phil many times on my podcast, and he says something really fascinating. When I asked him one time, I said, Who's your favorite, who are your favorite actors? And he would, you know, go down the usual suspects of folks whom we love, and then he would say Mel Blanc. And we talked about Mel Blanc, and he goes, no, you know what? I really like Mr. Blank, but I think one of my favorite actors is Bugs Bunny. And I knew what he meant. He knew that he understood, of course, it's an amalgam of this great talent of Mr. Blanks and, and uh, um, um, Chuck Jones and, and uh, Carl Stalling and all of his great work came together to create this Bugs Bunny. But he bought that Bugs is so good and so, so seamless and so organic that Bugs is the actor. You know, you believe that Bugs comes up and says, um, duck season, wabbit season, duck season, fire with, with Daffy. And then he, you know, that little 20-minute cartoon, then he's back down in his rabbit hole drinking a beer, reading a racing form because he believes it. And I get what he's talking about. So just like any other acting gig, it's about that. Um, it's about improv, which is very helpful in, in my gig. Uh, music, if you're able to sing and even sing badly. It's not about necessarily singing well. Often you create characters by doing bad impressions of folks who do good ones. Um, and it ultimately is, a, is about the most beautiful aspects of being creative, being completely and utterly unselfconscious, not being um, limited to, the, to whether you're young, old, black, white, green, orange, tall, short, thin, fat. It's about being completely unfettered by the um, um, the idea that you have of your own person, and and that's the beauty of being an, um, uh, a voice actor. Um, also, there are a couple of really great websites. Uh, uh, rather, there's one website in particular that's great, put together by a fantastic voice actor out here named uh, D. Bradley Baker, and it's um, you can get it. It's called uh, I Want to Be a Voice Actor. dot com. Very simple. I want to be a voice actor.com. He's a guy who does it every day uh, at a high level with everybody in Hollywood. And he gives the nuts and bolts of how to do it. There's a wonderful book written by Tara Platt and Yuri Lowenthal called um, voice over voice actor uh, available on its second printing. Now a really excellent real time uh, view of, of what it takes to do this out here. And then I would, um, I would uh, respectfully ask that you watch or listen to my podcast. There's a paywall where you can watch the version you're talking about for, I think it's a monthly fee of four bucks or something on um, Nerdist, but it's also with a bunch of other proprietary uh, on-camera stuff um, um, that, that Nerdist offers. And there's a lot of really cool stuff there, one of which is my podcast. But there's also a free truncated version on iTunes, uh, and the podcast is called Talkin' Tunes, T-A-L-K-I-N, apostrophe, T-O-O-N-S, Talkin' Tunes with Rob Paulson. And if you want to listen to it first for free, you can, and determine whether or not you want to spring for the three bucks or four bucks a month. Um, I think it's worth it because you do get very entertained, as, as you were kind enough to point out, but there's a lot of really good real-time information from everyone who's ever been a fan of cartoons uh, will hear. Uh, you know, these, these folks do it every day at a really high level, and they're very willing to let people know what they do. 
And it turns out we're all in this together, and they're just like you guys. They just love to laugh and be creative, and sometimes they make money, sometimes they don't. But and we I like to talk. We still love to talk, and I haven't shut up for about 14 minutes. Um, so thank you for your very simple question. And moreover, thank you for listening to my rambling, crazy, stupid, long answer. Thank you to Rob Paulson. I can't thank him enough. We talked for over an hour and a half. If you need any more information about where he will be appearing, visit animaniacslive.com. I also suggest that you watch Talkin' Tunes. It is available on iTunes and at The Nerdist. For more information about Rob, visit his website, robpaulsonlive.com. Mouthful is brought to you by CCF Documentation. Are you looking to get your new employees trained quicker and with better consistency? Is your training documentation a mess? then CCF Documentation is the place for you. Specializing in aligning your technical documentation and employee training, CCF is at the forefront of providing effective and measurable training outcomes customized to your company culture at a price that will fit your budget. Whether you are looking to create a company-wide e-learning training program or you want to create training content for your customers, CCF Documentation has the solution you need. Contact CCF at ccfdocumentation.com. If you would like to be a guest on Mouthful, please feel free to contact me at mouthfulthepodcast at gmail.com and look for me on all social media. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. With Mouthful, I'm Lori Lynn Barker, and as always, stay fresh, cheese bags. Cheese bags.